0: Set yourself a New Year goal, they said. It'll be fun.
1: (sighs) Perhaps swimming in the Irish Sea wasn't such a good idea. Set a more achievable goal, like taking control of your finances, with personalised money insights in the Bank of Ireland app. It'll help keep track of your spending, like changes to bills, or you might have too many subscriptions.
0: See your tailored money insights, because your financial well-being is our priority. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Great. There goes my towel. The Left Wing, brought to you by Bank of Ireland, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby.
0: Never stop competing. Hello, you're welcome to the Left Wing Podcast with me, Sinead Kassan. So the provinces have named their teams for the opening weekend of, uh, well, Europe, with the add-on of South African teams for the first time of course. Leinster, Munster and Ulster are in the Champions Cup, Connacht are in the Challenge Cup and it's Destination Dublin for the finals weekend next May. Rory O'Connor is here with me. Let's start with Leinster. They play Wrestling 92 on Saturday with a 1 o'clock kickoff in Le Havre. So the Leinster team has been named no Johnny Sexton, no Tighe Furlong, Burns starts at 10. Gary Ringrose captains the team. Michael Alatoa starts in place of Furlong. Rory, we'd be worried if this was Ireland and France. I mean, no Sexton, no Furlong, no hope is almost the way it would go. But can Leinster deal with these huge losses in this competition
1: better? You'd certainly be low to write them off, Sinead, but it's it's a blow, you know. I don't think Leinster would ever want to go to France away from home, um, without those two players in particular. Look, they're going to have to get used to life after Johnny Sexton, and, and it's another step on Ross Burn's learning curve. And they trust him implicitly. I mean, he started big games for them before. hasn't always gone brilliantly for him. like La-, La Rochelle semifinal is is an example of it. But he's banked all of that. He's a great goal kicker. He runs the game plan very well. He's not quite as, you know, he's not sexy. He's not on that level. But he's still a very good, intelligent player who links. You know that that strong lencer pack with that excellent back line but without furlong you lose an awful lot in terms of your go forward your ability to win collisions your scrummaging and while mike michael Alalatoa is a very experienced player he's not as good as, as tight furlong and they've keen healy who's obviously free after his ban he's covering the tight head side um on the bench which again you know while keen healy has played a bit of tight head in the last couple of years he's not a particularly experienced tight head and when you consider that you know the uh Rasinger are going to be able to bring on trevor Nakayan and sorry i spelled, pronounced his, his name wrong there Nikain. but he, he's an unbelievable player to bring off the bench hassan collander's no no mug either they have a really strong bench to bring on they've gone 6-2 on the bench with the forwards back split same as to lose in, in the munster game on sunday they're targeting leinster and it's not on that U arena pitch or the the, the la defance arena pitch they are you know, it won't be as quick. There will be more knock-ons. Um, There will be a bit more of a slower game. And they're going to try and suck Leinster into a bit of a dogfight in the way La Rochelle did in that final a couple of months back. So it's a big test of how how far Leinster have come from there. Robbie Henshaw is another one. I know we expected him to be out. But it's still, he's a big loss when he comes to these games. But then again, you've got James Low back. He makes a big difference to what Leinster do. And they still have an excellent play- team who will be buzzing after beating Ulster in the way they did last weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there Keane Healy. It was one of the talking points of the week. You know, we know he got his red card from last weekend overturned. I mean, from what seemed very clear cut and easy to understand, but these disciplinary processes just have a way of confusing matters.
1: Absolutely. I mean, from what I understand, Leinster submitted footage from the Edinburgh Stormers game earlier this season in the URC, where one of the Stormers prop was sent off for a very similar challenge and they and it was subsequently he was banned for three weeks and then that ban was was overturned um and they basically said look this is what you said about this case Hmm. what do you think about this and and the the panel decided that a bit like andrew porter in the all blacks game during the summer that there was footwork before contact from the ulster player tom stewart that healy um had been passive in the tackle um and i don't necessarily look at the footage and see that and that's i think where this is so complex for people because we all want the game i think we all want the game to be safer i think we all understand the role red cards have in this but we need consistency across the board when you think about antoine dupont as well as playing against munster on sunday that is another big um you know he had his ban halved after taking cheslin colby out in the air in the france south africa game again We don't. When we watch these incidents this weekend, what are we seeing? What are we? What are we looking for in these incidents? Because it keeps the picture keeps changing in front of us. And while it's important to be fair to the player, and if that's what the panel felt about Healy, that it was a yellow card offence, that's fair enough. And I don't think Keane Healy went out to be, you know, to, to hurt Tom Stewart in that incident. But intent has nothing to do with it. It's about player safety. Thankfully, Stewart is actually fit enough to play for Ulster. He's on the bench this weekend. But, you know, he suffered enough of an injury, a brain injury, to be taken off and miss 60 minutes of the game. Perhaps the best answer would have been for the panel to say, look, it's a red card, but a a red card was sufficient, that no ban needed to ensue because 60 minutes is punishment enough that, you know, maybe that's the way they should have gone. But to say it was a yellow just as it clouds this area further ahead of another weekend of ruby where we're going to be watching all of these incidents and everyone's slightly different and every player is trying to you know fool every attacker is trying to fool defender with their footwork trying to pose question marks but keen he, he could have been lower he didn't mm. have to tackle the way that he did and that's the mistake that he made
0: You see, that makes a hell of a lot of sense to me. So I just don't understand still how, you know, it came to the outcome it did. But anyway, look, Keane Healy is on the bench. You know, and this weekend's game, obviously, look, we have the Stuart Lancaster angle and coming up against his future team. Now, Finn Russell starts it out half harassing and I suppose really November just kind of told us that whatever the head has gone on in his working relationship with Gregor Townsend, he needs him with Scotland. What kind of form are Racing bringing into this game, Rory? Yeah,
1: they're, they're going well in the top 14 and they've changed a little bit since we last kind of came across them. I know people would have seen them play in the, the, the Champions Cup final in 2020 when they lost to Exeter. Simon Zeebo got two tries. He's obviously moved on. Kurtley Beale has been and gone. And and while they have still have a smattering of stardust, you know, Christian Wade is back after a stint in the NFL. Francis Sailei, if the, the former Munster centre is there. Uh, he, he was signed after Virimi Vakatawa was forced to retire with um, with his heart condition. But they signed Gael Fiku. went They went and got him from Stade France. He's like the, the cornerstone of the French defense, one of the best defenses in the world. They got him out of out of his contract at Stade. He's a key part of what they're doing. And they've also started bringing in two really good young players from their academy. They've got a really good academy. It's run by Yannick Nyanga and Joe Rocococo. And uh, Max Spring is an interesting player, a fullback. He's a guy who's come through in the last year or two. He's been capped by France. His father's uh, New Zealander. who played in France. He ended up staying there, married a French woman, and and they, 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 and their son is now starting a fullback in Europe for 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 Racing. And Nolan Garrick, I know Antoine Dupont is the is the the star of, of French rugby at the moment at scrum half, but they're really excited about Garrick. He's a really really um, good scrum half who who can cause defenses an awful lot of problems, and they are. I think moving towards a more academy model which is one of the reasons why lancaster is being signed up so they still have an unbelievable amount of experience at front row was eddie benaru camille shah and sadat gomez who then tried to sign a year or two ago uh, they've been around forever but they're really good and they're really dynamic because because they play on that artificial surface their forwards need to be able to play as well as just grind teams down so that they can play about ways and they signed cameron walkie from um, bordeaux as well who's one of the best players in the French team. So. They're good. <laughs> in summary, yeah. they're very, very good. We're, we're I think on, yeah, and like you know the the again Nyacka he destroyed the Lions in the twenty twenty one series with a scrummaging on both sides of the scrum. Like what a player to have in your in your locker. It was him that actually his performances changed the way Leinster looked at Keen Healy and Andrew Porter. They saw what he could do on both sides of the scrum, and they were like, okay, well. We've got players who are versatile as well. We can use them. Like he's a world leading prop and they've put him on the bench. It's it's an incredible challenge for Leinster in Le Havre. it's not in in, in Racing, um, which will diminish the home crowd, albeit that I think there was fifteen thousand tickets sold last week. Um, you know, that, that will make things different. So it's gonna be a big one. And like you to look at that Leinster team, there is a fair bit of Ireland. Experience taken out of it, like they've got Ryan Baird over Jack Conan, big call. call. Put put Harry Byrne on the bench, which is good to see because of his injury record recently as well. This is going to require an eighty-minute performance, and they're going to have to produce. They're going to have to go up a level from what they produced in the URC, which has been very good. These are two of Europe's form teams. Racing are always very good in Europe. They've been the three finals without winning the tournament. They're one of the heavy hitters, and Leinster will need to be be the best. I think a point is a pretty good return from this. I think I think Leinster could still do very well by, by picking up a bonus point. This is one of those big challenges that Leinster might just have to just you know cut their cloth a little bit.
0: Okay, we'll get your predictions at the end, but I think we have a good gauge of what way you're going there. And um, Munster are home to Toulouse on Sunday at Thomond Park uh, with a three fifteen kickoff. Uh, seven months on from that absolute epic at the Viva Stadium in the quarterfinal that went to penalties. So they've named their team as well and one of the interesting selections going into this was going to be the makeup of their back three. So it's Mike Haley at full-back and Calvin Nash and Shane Daly on the wings. Keith Earls is on the bench as well and so is Jack Crowley. Joey Carberry and Craig Casey starting half-back. I suppose after November, you know, after Crowley being that late starter in the win over Australia, Carberry injured, it seemed like the heat was going to be turned up on who Munster's started starting out half would be for the big games. But Carberry's performances have kind of put that in the back burner.
1: Yeah, he stood up really well. And he's doing everything. You now People are doubting Joey Carberry because of his, his recent performances in the last year. But if he produces what he produced in Edm- in the second half in Edinburgh yeah. last week, then people are going to start talking, to him, talking about him as a potential rival for Johnny Sexton. Because if he plays close to the line and if he challenges defences with his footwork and his pace, he is an excellent, excellent rugby player. Look, he doesn't control the game the way Sexton does. He doesn't have that next level ability to see three, four phases ahead. But... He's younger, he's sharper, and he's maybe not sharper is the wrong word, but he's faster. You know, he brings you give, he really gives you something very different when he's confident. And I, I think his confidence has been rocked by the injuries he's had over the years. But again, it's only forty minutes worth of a sample size. I know he was decent the previous week as well. He was decent um, in the first half once Munster got the grips with that game. But it was the second half when we saw him just be more aggressive in terms of when, where, and when he took the ball and his option taking in a more confident Munster team that signal that he's maybe a little bit back you know that that we're seeing starting to see glimpses of the player who destroyed Gloucester in that in this competition what is that four or five years ago now um you know he's he's an excellent player and he's exciting and look people wonder whether he's a fullback or whether he's a 10 but when he's challenging the line when he's not thinking about it too much i think carberry's a really good 10. he's gonna have to be really good like to lose are have named yeah, that team? rory
0: is oh it's my the, god the
1: team and the bench I mean, they have a bench that has a front row of mavaka who's um france's backup um hooker have Cyril boy who i believe is the best loose head maybe yeah. along with porter in the world ellis gange is pretty up there as well and fam is as a former all black look, he's not the best conditioned player in the world but he's still able to lock down a scrum and destroy a scrum and, and like monster scrum if they're looking at an Achilles heel to lose, if they've done any research in the last couple of weeks, and they have because they're they a top-level team, they'll have seen that Connacht and Edinburgh cause Munster problems in the scrum. And while John Ryan's made a big difference since he's come back from Wasps, that has been a bit of an Achilles heel for Munster. And, and they don't have a huge amount of size in their tight five. They've gone you know, Klein has been in good form, but they've no second row on the bench. They, you know They're looking at Gavin Coombs stepping up if they need to. And again, Toulouse have gone with a 6-2 split. And it's not like the the starting pack are no mugs either. You know, Marchand is brilliant. Netty's a good player. Aldegheri's a really good player. You know, Richie Arnold is huge. Miafu is not no slouch. That's a big bruising tie five. And you know, I don't know what the weather's, you know, the i I'm going down on Sunday. I know it's gonna be cold. I'm not sure if it's gonna to be too wet or if the snow's still gonna be on the ground, but you know, it'll it'll be slow, it'll be a slow pitch, it'll be it'll be tough going, and that's a p they've picked a pack full of heavy hitters but they've also got a back line that can cut you open as well they got Capuzzo on the wing who's was an incredible form we've all seen him play for italy so yeah you know look we, we sometimes do big up french teams and add a little bit of mystique to what they do i've fallen into that trap before but this toulouse team you know they won it in in 21 they got to a semi-final last year beat ulster and munster along the way well they drew at munster and beat them on penalties and then came up short against leinster but they were they kind of run out of steam there's a bit you know they're top of the top 14 again this year they rest the players last weekend i would expect them to come with a performance and it's a big test for how much munster have grown in the last couple of weeks and we have seen a real return to form for munster but this is a massive step up from edinburgh
0: so, is it too soon, do you reckon, you know, for round three. I mean, they're on a good, you know, winning run at the moment, but obviously, this is just completely
1: different. No, Raven here.
0: I, I don't is it too early to get that statement to kind of win that? No, green round tree? no
1: matter what's going on at Munster, and I, like, you can fall into again, fall into the realm of cliche, but when they're at home in Thomond Park, they're a team to be feared. Like, they they yeah. even when the things were going really badly, they put four tries on, on the Bulls, you know, and that was a decent Bulls team that came down and it didn't play well, but it was a good team on paper. And Munster, with that backing of that crowd, knowing what they know about and Park, with the, like Toulouse will travel over and they'll be talking about and Park all week. It'll be in their heads a little bit that there's there is scope for Munster to pull out a great win here. The problem Munster have had in recent years is backing that up, and, and at the moment their backs are to the wall. So they have to perform against Connacht, they have to perform against Edinburgh, they have to perform against Toulouse, and they have to go to Northampton next week and get a result because the last game they have in this pool stage is away against Toulouse and they don't want to be going to Toulouse needing something. They want to have their last 16 places in the back. Yeah, but I think yeah. they could, like, they could of course win. I, I do have fears over their scrum and their tight 5. But they've been proving me wrong for a couple of weeks now and I'm, look, I think I'm going down. I'm really looking forward to it. I, I, it's going to be a real, um, you know, it's two of the great biggest names in, in in european rugby traditionally you know we've got a new competition in this year with the south africans but this is the two of the names that have built the comp they've built the competition on and i think mean, munster can rise to the occasion definitely whether it's enough to beat this to lose team remains to be seen
0: yeah sure will now ulster our way to Sale on sunday uh, with a one o'clock kickoff there uh no ian henderson no john cooney um huge losses nathan Doe because that scrum half and actually stockdale as well starts um this is going to be really interesting just from a mental point, just to see how Ulster responds to that absolute meltdown at the RDS last weekend. What way? We, I almost feel like they need like a Gary Keegan. I don't know who does their, you know, who's their performance coach up there, but like it feels like they would have need a Gary Keegan or something this week. What way do you expect them to respond, Rory? Like be shaken or stirred or what?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think that was a defeat that will rattle any team. You know, the way they fell apart against 14 men, against their traditional rivals who, I think, you know, they beat them twice last year. Now they've lost both regular season games to Lancer this time around. And Sailor, a good team. I know, you know, they probably are not the most glamorous of the English sides. So they don't get the biggest crowds at the AJ Bell. A Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock, is not the greatest kickoff time either. Um, But they have a very good coach in Alex Anderson. They have looking at the names on the team sheet, you know, Tuilagi and Tom Curry, Bevan Rod. there's a couple of big internationals there. There's a lot of South Africans in in their lineup as well. They've got a strong bench. You know, they, they are a team that could go to the last eight in this competition quite easily with a bit of a run. They're a team that could take Ulster down at home very easily. They won't like coming to Ravenhill in a couple of weeks, but if you've got La Rochelle in your schedule as well, you kind of have to win this game. So like Ulster, Ulster and Munster, because of well Ulster have been a bit unlucky because they, they did get to the semi-final. Like they you know, th- because your seeding comes from your URC performance, all of the Irish teams, by dint of not getting to that final, have tough games this in the pool stages, which makes it really exciting. Also makes it very difficult. Um Matthew reynal is a you know is the referee. He is a man who you can get on the wrong side of very easily. He's he's hot on certain things and they'll have to perform, they'll have to go over there and play really well. It's interesting. Stockdale's back in the wing, haven't missed out last that last weekend. They've a very good backline um and doke will have learned a lot from last weekend behind a, a pack that was getting beaten up by by 14-man leinster but you know without henderson trebel comes in he's been very good for ireland they've brought vermulian back he brings huge experience their bench isn't bad they've got international experience there as well they've a good team they've got good results home and away in europe in the last couple of years they, that last week was a, a huge setback but they're I think they're good enough to go to Sale and win, whether they will or not. They do record in
0: England as well, don't they? They
1: do. And and again, Sale don't have the, a huge amount of pedigree in this competition, but they are a very good side. Again, a bonus point would be a good return, maybe even a second, you know, two bonus points if they can get four tries. But if they get it right, they could get off to a winning start and then be a pretty comfortable spot with La Rochelle coming to town next weekend, and that would, go, you know, leave them going into Christmas in a good spot. And look, last week and was could be damaging, but it's up to them to turn it into a positive and, and kind of spin it. And they're well capable of doing that. Like they're a good team.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if they go there and win. Uh, just a quick word on the Challenge Cup. Uh, Connacht play at Newcastle at the Sports Ground tomorrow at 5.30. There, again, they've kind of changed up their team. Uh, no Aki, no Hanson, no Carty, no Beelum, for example. David Hawkshaw starts at out half. Uh, he was quite good earlier the season when he moved into the centre. And Adam Byrne is actually on the right wing as well. So they're kind of changing up their team for this one, Rory.
1: Huge opportunity for a couple of players like Adam Byrne. You know, he he he's been playing more UCD at, at times this season than he has for Connacht, and he was the biggest name of all the Leinster players who went down the road. Um, you know, Josh Murphy starts as well. Like he was starting against Connacht in the Champions Cup last sixteen game for Leinster last year, and then once the move was announced, he seemed to fall off a cliff in terms of his selection. It's a good, it's a good Connacht team. It's a Connacht team that I think can take out the, the the falcons looking at their team they've gone strong enough you know that but they're still they're one of the lower ranked teams in, in the premiership there's no relegation in the premiership so they can kind of throw things at this to some degree and and i think both teams will fancy some sort of a run at this competition and like Breve are the other team in connect they're playing Brave are bottom of the, of the top 14 they've sacked jeremy davidson earlier this season they, they won't want to know so conic will be banking on taking 10 points against them and picking up you know, as many as they can against Falcons and go to the get to the knockouts, and then they can bring their internationals back. So I think they're, they're they're making a bit of a calculated gamble here. And if they do, there's a Dublin final on the cards. Yeah. And, and while there are good teams in this competition, and a few Champions Cup teams will drop down, if you can get home advantage, it will stay with you through the competition, just like the Champions Cup. And there's a route there for them to get all the way. So it's 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 not a bad kind of team, and I think they should be getting four points at home. Against the Falcons, then go into those brief games, get as much as they can. I, don't know, I suppose Fal- Falcons will get that as well. But you're not sorry. Falcons aren't necessarily playing them because of the competition, the mad competition structure that we have. So it's a points race. connaught will learn the lessons from last season. They've got experience there. Um, they've managed to get you know they're resting their internationals up so they can have a go with the provinces over Christmas. But they could, they're trying to have their cake, cake and eat it too, and I think they've just got enough to to get to get there as well.
0: Yeah, so uh, you're going for Connacht in the Challenge Cup. Just to wrap on the Champions Cup, who, which of the provinces
1: there? Do you think? I would. Th- so, I, I, did I say? I think Racing can edge. You can change it your mind Rory, from a few minutes yeah, earlier. It's no, okay. I, think Ra- I think Racing. Racing. You know, I know they're not really at home. That's that's a tight, They're all tight, actually. they are yeah. three really good games, and that, that makes that makes it exciting. If going to a head, I think Racing to lose an Ulster. Mm-hmm. Um. But I mean, I've you know I've been wrong many times before, and this wouldn't be the first. It certainly wouldn't be the first time if I am this time.
0: Before we go as well, you were at the Viva Stadium yesterday for the press conference for that long-awaited uh, independent review into women's rugby in this country. What is your overall read of what you found out and read up on yesterday, Rory?
1: Yeah, there's an awful lot in it, and it's a long report. And I think people, if if they are interested, need to go and 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 leaf through it because, you know, in, even in, you need a, a podcast series, I think, to, to cover everything that's in it. But I think the headlines are... And it really, what I think the key thing that are, the RFU have to get right is the competition structures beneath the national team level, because they've brought in contracts. You know, we all know twenty nine players have, have signed them. A number of key internationals have decided to stay in England. Um, others, I think, are contemplating retirement because they they don't want to they, they don't want to compete against full time players that they're not willing to give up their careers. There is, it's a bit of a pivot point for Irish rugby, but. The big problem, as I understand it from talking to people within the game, is that the competition structures beneath the international level are not strong enough. And what the RFU have decided to do is go with the provincial model. So basically the AAL, which you talked about earlier, currently they, no one knows whether the AAL is, is superior to the provinces or you know, where they fit. And currently the provinces don't pay expenses. They don't um, pay, pay mileage. they don't feed, play, Some of them don't feed players at, after training. The caliber of coaching comes under question all the time. Um, but they're now saying that's gonna be a performance level. So you basically play for your club, you get selected for your province, and if you play well for your province, you get selected for Ireland, you'll have a Celtic Cup and international competition. That's the way they're going to go with it. They're gonna split the AIL into two leagues of six. Currently, there's only nine teams in one division. There's massive score lines when you come the teams that are playing tonight come up against the lower ranked teams who play in the who are now in the shield. Um, this huge scorelines, uh, and the, look, the players are not being tested week on week. These internationals are just, you know, it, these are these are too easy for them. So they've decided to try and make it more competitive that way. But it's it's all about finding room in the schedule for them. It's all about giving the clubs access to their players. As, as it stands, it looks like the clubs will, will basically no longer, a bit like the men, will no longer have access to their top players, which is a bit of a shame because I think there was a chance for them to go a different way and, and create are maybe a different template they don't you know Ulster haven't won a game for 12 years Connacht are not very strong Munster and Leinster are quite strong whether the provinces is the right way to go just because it's successful for the men's that's a massive question but this is the path they've gone on it's up to them now to go on and, and deliver it um the quality of coaching i think 40, only 40% of 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 players felt they got good coaching you know good support when it came to SDS and stuff that's that's a very low number they didn't believe in the pathways but they also said that the league is not delivering for the miter so there is there are good programs within the league there are good people working within Irish women's rugby but and there's a lot of goodwill the RFU's challenge now is to harness all of that into one thing and try and make sure, because players just want to play competitive games. They want to win and they want to play for Ireland and they want to have a chance when they do so. And right now they're not getting that. This is a starting point. Getting the report together was a lot of hard work, but the hard work really starts now because actually delivering on, on all the things that are in there, it's a big job of work. And, you know, we've just lost Gemma Crowdy, you know, who had a very important role in that after six months, she decided she was going to walk away for whatever reason. Um, there's a lot of moving parts at play there are questions over whether you want to hothouse all the players in dublin there's loads going on um but it's a difficult difficult challenge for them um and they're under a lot of scrutiny for it as well so that they, they, they need to they need to deliver and they need to deliver quite quickly because you know there's another world cup coming around the corner there's six nations in a couple of months and people's eyes will remain on them
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a million for that. Well, that's it from us. Uh, Will and Luke will be back during the week and we'll be back again next Friday with a bonus podcast. Looking ahead to the second round of the Champions Cup. Bye for now.